The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very, very special edition of the Drafts uh, show. Um, This is a supplemental between the expansion draft, which uh, I have definite thoughts and feelings about, Mm -hmm. um, and the two-come entry draft, which uh, will be in just in not many hours. Less than 24, yeah. Uh, So, uh, one word reaction to the uh, expansion draft. One word? One word. Um, Meh? I would have gone with meh, but since you've taken it, I will uh, up you by... 20 or by 33% and go blah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Blah yeah. works as well. Uh, I was going to, if you gave me more than one word, I was going to say not the golden Knights, but <laughs> they, the NHL just certainly seemed to learn their lesson from the first time around. And they did they, or was it, or was it Ron Francis not having a clue? George McPhee, George McPhee at the, I mean, and he's not in charge now. It's it's Kelly McCrimmon, but George still has his fingers in pies. Mm-hmm. Um, but George McPhee, I do believe, is a much better GM than Ron Francis. And I'm not saying that Ron Francis is not uh, in any way a good GM. I'm sure he's good, but I don't think that he's on the level of what George was able to do four years ago. I don't think that drafting and scouting are a big part of his um, skill set. And one of the things that I heard over and over again during the expansion draft, Morgan Geeky um, and uh, Hayden Fleury and at least one other guy, all drafted by Ron Francis previously. Yeah, well, Morgan Morgan's still with the Carolina Hurricanes at the time. Hayden Fleury had been moved on to um, Anaheim, but yes, was a, a, a Francis draft pick. I'm not sure who the third one is. I um, I could be off and just had been rolling my eyes so hard that it was affecting my hearing. Um, no, it's a good possibility. Draft. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him go back to the well a couple of times to, to grab people that he knew. But at the same point in time, um, Hayden Fleury hasn't really stuck in in, in the NHL. Um, Morgan Geeky actually is probably stuck more so than Hayden or Kale Fleury's, the, yep. the Fleury brothers. I do have opinions on some of the picks that they made. I, I don't think all of the picks were terrible, but I think that their failure to take certain high – value available players there was a there was even if they were going to flip them was dumb there was an underlying theme here they didn't take any big contracts i mean we had we had talked about it uh during and after yeah during and after when uh, you know whether they would take carry price and i mean there still is and they still had to follow the same cap as everybody else so they can't go taking Twenty ten million dollar contracts. I mean, it just doesn't no, work. No, no, you didn't have to. But I mean, the biggest the biggest contract I, I believe that they picked up. Uh, and where did I put my Seattle? There aren't. Big they ended up with, as of right now, they have a projected cap hit of fifty two point five million and change. The biggest salary on their board right now is six point seven five million, um, and that's Mark Giordano, someone they signed uh, for one year um, after after acquiring him. Um, Yes, I understand. We're going to have we're likely going to have a flat cap one more year. There is a lot of you mentioned price. There was Landis Gog was available. 
Um, yeah. Weber was available. Subban was available. Um, who else? Um, Tarasenko was available. How do you not take at least one of these guys? Well, they did. They took Giordano. <laughs> who was unsigned anyways. They probably could have gotten him as a UFA. <laughs> I understand that, and I'm not... Um, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate there. I, I I understand what you're getting at. And, yeah, I think that even for even for a recognition's sake or, or some sort of, uh, I don't know, I'd say put butts in the seats. But according to Chris Fowler watching the draft, they sold out their season tickets, season which is tickets great. in like 12 minutes. So butts that's, in seats is done. That's great. But you still have to win games in order to keep people coming back. Not for anything, but not drafting Carey Price is not their biggest issue because you know one what? of the things I, I do like is the goaltending they did pick. So Carey Price, you know, Carey Price is a cal- would have been a calculated risk. But you know, the good thing about it would have been he'd be closer to home, and you can't say how important that might be to somebody. But yeah, if closer to home means he's only a couple hours away, as opposed to 3000 miles away, that might have an impact on the player. But here's the thing, Gabriel Landeskog available. Yeah. Why, why would you not pick him? Even even if you can't sign him, and yes, he's a UFA, you can probably pick up a second or third round pick just to flip those rights and give someone else a couple of days uh, negotiating room. Same thing, Vladimir Tarasenko. Yes, two years left on that 7-5 contract. Yeah. I mean, You've got injured. room? Did the shoulder scare them? I mean... Did but the shoulders scare them away? Possibly, yes. But here's the thing. Say you decide to take him, you open the bidding from other teams, someone wants him but wants you to keep $2 million a year. At this point, you have zero bad contracts. You add a second-round pick or a third-round pick to whatever it is that you're getting for him or you agreed to for him to keep that $2 million, and you build your pipeline of talent. It doesn't even have to be a pick this year or next year. You can make it a 2026 second round pick because guess what? The other GM is probably going to be gone by 2026. But you, if you're brighter than Ron Francis, are hoping to still be in town. Okay. Um, I, as I said, I don't hate all of the picks. But given their lack of trades, I mean, let's face it, this is an opportunity to legally extort the other 30 uh, GMs involved. <laughs> that's that's really what it is. Legal I mean, extortion, okay. Okay, we can both agree that um, we can both agree on who they're that Jordan Everly is almost certainly their best forward. Yeah, I I don't see that there's going to be much disagreement you, in that statement. Yeah. Can you actually name the rest of the top six on this team? Yes. Um, I don't even know if Ron Francis is done, but. I mean, based on what they've got now, you'd have to say Jared McCann. You'd have to include Yanni Gord. Mm-hmm. And then you got Jordan Everly. Uh, after that, yeah, forget about it. Because the rest of them are all really young. Nathan Bastian's 23. Uh, Carson Tw- Carson Twarinski is 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Tanev and Colin Blackwell are third liners at best. Yep. I do like the Tyler Pitlick choice uh, just because he is a good two-way forward. But again, 
Oh, did they, is that the one they moved, Pitlick? Yep, he is the answer to trivia question. Who was the first person uh, voted off the island? <laughs> Joel Quenville, 25. I mean, Donsko is a good pick, but he's not a huge goal scorer. I mean, career high, 17 goals, 31 points. This shortened season. It, it, there's mean, you, can not, make a, you can make a very real case that Kelly Youngcroft yeah, uh, Kelly is Youngcroft. the second best forward on the team. Yeah. And I liked I liked the Yarncroft pick. I mean, considering what they had to choose from, I didn't expect them to go taking Duchesne or. or no. <laughs> I, I just didn't see that happening. Mason Appleton, I thought was a decent pick from Winnipeg. I mean, they're they're a decent pick here, forward. but these are all kids that you're building off of. Whether that you know, maybe they're, hopefully, they're not. Yeah, there's not here that said that screams win now and let's remember if you roll the clock back about six seven years Mm -hmm. and yes there's a yes i acknowledge that there's a big difference between a guy in his early 30s and a guy in his late teens um but the last time that uh jordan eberly had to be the man it didn't work out so well no, Jordan Eberle does better when he's... A complimentary piece. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's a good complimentary piece. Where did he have to be the man? Wasn't that in in that little uh, hamlet known as Edmonton? Yes. Yeah. That, that balmy uh, metropolis. Yeah, where they did nothing but draft forwards for many a decade. That didn't work out so well. But then they traded him to the island. Then he got to play with others who supported and held him up. And, and, oh, look at this. Now he's producing. Yeah, he needs. And producing in the playoffs. He's not going to. Yeah, he's not going to be able to carry. And I don't think that that's in his. I don't think it's in his makeup to carry a team. He needs to be, like you said, a complimentary piece. And there's nobody here that's going to carry. I think that there's a lot of potential on the defense. In fact, I like the defense better than the forward group. I mean, not a high bar. Yeah. I mean, and as I've been saying, you know, the whole, I'm, I'm always screaming, you build from the goalie out. So, yeah, I'm glad that their defense is stronger than their forwards. You can always go get your sign yourself or trade for a decent forward. But right now, there's just not a whole lot of excitement going on uh, in the forward category, in in my opinion. Okay, so we talked about this uh, last night, and uh, what are your three who are your three best picks uh, out of this out of this group? My three best picks. I took a goaltend. I took a goaltender. Yep. I, I took a goaltender, and um, I still I think Chris Dreger was a a really smart pick by this team. I think he's he was strong in net when Florida was uh, punching above their weight or so it seemed last season. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe they are the team that they are, uh, to quote uh, the tuna that used to coach here in in New England. Um, You know, your record is what you you are, what your record says you are. And they were, for a time, the top team. He was very strong. You look at his numbers, 929 save percentage. I think he was actually better most of the time than Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. So I like the Dreger pick. I like the Cali Yarncroke pick out of Nashville. Yep. And in all honesty, the one defenseman that I saw that they picked that I liked. And it might not be the most popular one, but I like the fact that they took Vince Dunn from St. Louis. 
I I see. I think those three picks are all pretty solid. Um, I'm going to try not to repeat any of yours. Um, Jordan Everly, I think hands down best forward. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with <clears throat> less skill around him. Um, theoretically analytics played a really big part in the selection of these players and they're hoping, expecting that with more ice time, uh, as we saw with certain players in Vegas, that a lot of these guys will, uh, will show a little bit more. Um, I like the Jonas Donskoy pick. I, I've always I like liked Donskoy him. Too, I think yeah. he's, I think he's just a really solid player and he shows up and is visible in the playoffs. He kills penalties fabulously. Um, I think that the VTech Vanasek pick is better than a lot of people are going to give them credit for, because I said this during the playoffs, go back, listen to a couple of the shows by the trade deadline. The Washington capitals looked awful and they looked tired and disinterested and disengaged. And most importantly, slow. And by the way, Vanacek basically stole the crease from uh, Samsona. Yeah. Although Samsona was out part of the time. I yes. Not sure he if it was suspend- a COVID he get thing. He suspended at one point, too. I don't know about suspension, but I thought he was out. I thought he was on COVID protocol. Um. But it basically Vanacek, and that's why I was saying that the you know the goaltending on this team and the third goalie that they took is a kid from right here in Boston, Joey Decord. Yep. And who, by the way, looked pretty good in Ottawa, even though Ottawa was getting trounced most of the time. Uh, he did his best. Level best, and and when you sign Matt Murray six million dollars a year, and Matt Murray can't stay healthy, uh, and then the other guys ahead of Joey Decord all got hurt, and it was pretty much him and some cardboard cutout hanging out in the uh, in the stands. The three guys that they got are all going to push each other. I'm pretty sure that Decord is going to be the, the third man in in this group of three, at least for year one. But Dreger and Dreger and Vanacek are going to push each other in training camp. And as as I had heard on a on a on a news show here in Boston with a very smart color commentator named Andy Brickley, this is becoming a league where two goaltenders is way more important than it used to be. There's no more. I mean, with the exception of a few goalies, there's no more riding a goalie for 65, 70 games. No. You have to have a 1A and a 1B. The Bruins have done that successfully with Rask and Hudobin, Rask and Halak. Uh, I won't dive too deep into that, and we can talk about it over the weekend if we have time. Yeah. I 300% agree. Third guy, um, I think this is a sneaky good pick. I thought Vanacek was your third guy. No, no, no. I said... Oh, I did. That was three. Yes. You went um, Averly, Donskoy, Vanacek. You want to get an honorable mention in real quick? Uh, no, you know oh, who okay. it would be. <laughs> the guy I predicted, but you said would be would still be in Boston. Uh, we're going to at some point we're going to end up getting into it as much as we say we won't. But OK, so who was your what the actual um, fluff pick if you had one just one what the actual um i only because i didn't understand it and i'm not sure if there was anything better available but my honestly I think it was the Curtis McDermott pick from L.A. I didn't understand it. You had guys, as far as I remember, there were guys like Athanasiu available. And again, as I've said, they don't have a goal scorer on this team. You mentioned Eberle, and that's fine. 
uh, you talk about Donskoy, you talk about, uh, I talked about Yonkroke. None of them hit 20 goals in this 56-game season. Yeah. Um, mine was Jamie Oleksiak. And I, I knew you were going to say that because we had talked about it ahead of time. That's either. <laughs> he plays at a reasonable level when he's wearing a Dallas Stars uniform. When he's not wearing a Dallas Stars uniform, um, no. 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 No, 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 no. He's got something you can't teach. Um, Height and An inability reach. to play. Oh! Height and reach. They drafted like five, six, five guys. Or six. They did, dra- they did draft a lot of tall individuals. And a, I, a lot. I don't know what it was. They, at one point, they drafted two guys in a row who were both 6'5". Alexiak is 6'7". <laughs> I, think, I think there were at least uh, five or six guys over 6'4 on this roster. Um, and, yeah, I know that size isn't everything. We've watched Winnipeg, who's had a lot of really tall guys on their team not get very far uh, a couple of years. But by the way, my honorable mention for WTF is the coach, Dave Hackstall. Uh That was a, yeah, that was, that I was fortunately a couple of weeks ago. I still and, don't understand that, but yes, the, that's still my honorable mention for WTF pickup of the team. <laughs> I mean, Jess Rubenstein, a.k.a. The Prospect Park on Twitter, and I uh, tweeted about this a couple of weeks ago. Neither one of us seemed to have – neither of us were given any reason to be all agog of the Seattle Kraken uh, draft abilities or staff because you'd think they would have signed at least one or two college players – who had um, who had aged out or aged out of the uh, out of junior hockey mm-hmm. and pick those up, you know, maybe to sweeten the deals for uh, for, you know, trades heading into the draft or just to fill out your AHL roster. Yeah, no, none of that. None. No trades heading into the draft for them. And the first thing they do is make a completely lackluster trade to uh, the Calgary Flames to pick up a fourth round pick for Tyler Fitlick. I I literally have no understanding of what it is that Ron Francis hoped to hope to accomplish here. I don't know, but I'm, I mean, I'm scrolling through the list of people who they picked. And yeah, I like choices like the Dennis Chalowski we were talking about pre-show. I, I've liked Dennis Chalowski since he was drafted by the Red Wings. He hasn't blossomed the way I expected, but I mean, I think given consistent playing time, we might see a better side of him, uh, but I'm looking and I'm not seeing anybody. I don't know where the goals are coming from. I'm sorry. I don't know where the goals are coming from. Yanni Gord had 17 goals. Uh, Jared McCann had 14 goals. Morgan Geeky had three goals in 36 games. Uh, who was that other one that we mentioned? Oh, yeah, that guy Aberly. Seven, 16 goals in 55 games. Blackwell had 12 goals if you from the Rangers. Uh, nobody on this team is a high goal. Uh, Donskoy career high, 17 goals. It's just it's and Kalyankov with block. 13. It's not. They're not going to be overwhelming other teams with a lot of 5-1-6-2 victories. And the only saving grace for this roster, uh, having now seen a good approximation of what will be uh, on the ice this October, 
is that they're in the Pacific Division, which is pathetic. And they are really pushing their rivalry with Vancouver. Okay, time to switch gears. Draft preview. We each ah uh, the, the the other draft or the regular draft or how it, whatever you want to call it. Uh, twenty twenty one entry draft preview. Entry works for me. Yes. Um, one player. Uh, first player on my list is someone I expect to go somewhere between somewhere in the middle of the first round. Uh, if he goes in the top ten, I'll be shocked. If he's still available with pick 65, I will be flabbergasted. Six foot six, 212 pounds. Um, mm-hmm. Compared, uh, let's see, uh, Sebastian Casa, WHL goaltender. And here I thought you were talking about Owen Power. Not Owen Power. Uh, <laughs> if he's still there at number five, I'll be I'll be shocked. Owen Power is uh, going to be gone at number one. <laughs> likely. Um, from uh, uh, from future considerations, uh, which is our main draft guide uh, again this year, um, their TLDR on Casa. Uh, Casa is a tower in the net that has technical skill, athletic ability, and mental makeup to be a star at the next level. He's quick with strong rebound control and great tracking. All elements a team will want in a potential franchise goaltender. Kind of hard not to like that. Six foot six, six foot seven, depending on which report you look at. Um, expected to go probably in the mid teens, uh, early 20s. Um, you know, uh, not to always talk about Boston, but it's unlikely. It, Halak is not coming back. He's not walking through that door. He's not walking through that door. Not in a Bruins uniform. Anyways, can I, can I start crying? Then? Uh, you can do that as soon as we're done recording. OK. And at best. And I put those nice air quotes around the word best. Uh, your savior, uh, the elite one um, who has had three cracks at a cup and still not won it. Or is it two? I forget. Um might be back in January. Might be time to refill the well. Not for anything, but I don't think he, yeah, I, after the comments made and we've talked about it ad nauseum after the comments made, he's already got one foot out the door. Uh, yes. So you one like foot out this, the door and both hands on his, uh, low, on his injured back. So you like this Sebastian Casa and Absolutely. he won't, and he's not even going to be the first goalie taken. Because, and and this is my surprise prediction of the draft. Well, I don't know how much of a surprise it is, but Jasper Wallstead, speaking of goalies, 6'3", 214, 18 years old. CSS ranked number one Europe goaltenders. This kid is going to be, at everything that I've read and not just here on Future Consideration, this kid is NHL ready, or at least appears to be. And, I mean, is technically advanced, well-positioned goaltender, clear standout among his peers. His awareness of where his net is at all times is remarkable. And these are things that I was saying about uh, Caden Primo, what, two years ago. Mm-hmm. He's consistently calm and collected when under pressure, regardless of circumstance. He could improve athleticism and reflexes moving forward. Okay, let's work on that. But... Detroit Red Wings are, in my opinion, seriously focusing on this guy. They haven't had a goaltender. And I'm not skipping over Jimmy Howard to be cruel, but they haven't had a goaltender of note that has accomplished anything since Chris Osgood. Oh, so, so, yeah. Well, however you want to phrase it, the man he has had a like two or three Hall of Fame defensemen in front of him. I was going to say. For almost just, all of his career. But... How many rings has your elite goaltender here in Boston won? I have never put up that goaltender as elite with a straight face. Neither have I, and you just referred to him as my elite goaltender. So I just figured I'd throw it back at you. But 
Osgood has rings. Before him, Mike Vernon. And I don't think Mike Vernon was a fabulous goaltender either. I mean, he was small, but he was flopping around. He was in the Tim Thomas mold, or maybe Tim Thomas was in the Mike Vernon mold, however you want to phrase it. And all of them are under the the Dominic Hasek mold, who also has won Stanley Cup. So I think that this kid will be the next pick in Detroit and something to watch for, watch going forward. So as much as Casa looks good, and I have watched some video online of him, I haven't seen him play. Obviously, I'm not where he is, but Casa looks good, but he's not even going to be the first goalie off the board. I don't ever make predictions about where goalies are going to be taken or what order because I'm frequently, I'm very frequently surprised. <laughs> uh, second pick. Yes. Uh, Simon Robertson. FC Hockey says he is Robertson is a big, heavy winger who plays with a lot of power. He's not afraid to play physical and get into dirty areas. He is also very strong along the boards and uses his strength and size to protect the puck when carrying it uh, both in, a, uh, in both acceleration and high speed. Robertson has a high-end motor and three-zone awareness, helping him be effective all over the ice and on every shift. Uh, all over the ice on every shift and three-zone play will get me to pay attention to you every single time. Um, six feet, 190 pounds, so not huge. Swede, February birthday, uh, so middle of the draft year, early part of the draft year. Um, he's going to be a little bit more physically mature than some of the other some of the other guys. Uh, left shot, right wing, and played uh, played in the Swedish uh, Hockey League uh, in 2021. So, yeah, sign me up. 22 games playing against men. Sign you up, huh? I mean, I, I, I like his size, and like you said, anybody if if you're gonna get me into if you're gonna if you're gonna get me with a guy who plays in all three zones, or you're gonna get me with a guy who pays attention to the defensive end, those are certainly aspects of a game that catch my attention. I want as much as I want forwards who can score goals. I also want forwards who pay attention to other zones besides just the offensive zone. Yep. And, and they don't the see Swede their job is, as ending at that blue line. Yeah, the Swede might just be the real deal. FC has him at 27. Um, I think he could go anywhere from 20 to 40. Interesting. Uh, I actually looked at a right wing as well. Not quite the size of, of Mr. Robertson. Uh but as far as offensive weapons go, this young man is ranked ninth in his CSS rank of nine out of Europe. He's 16th ranked by future considerations. His name is Isaac Rosen. Not I sure if him, he's yeah. not sure if he's going to be around when the Bruins get the pick. And and looking at it from a home team perspective, I thought they needed right wings. But as you corrected me at the beginning of the show or, or attempted to correct me, we suddenly have a need for centers, which we've been drafting centers all along. Either centers or defensemen, you were going to be a Bruin. Uh, but Mr. Rosen is 5'11". Now, Mr. Rosen does need to eat a sandwich or two because he's listed at 156 pounds. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but that just seems a little small for a 5'11 guy. Uh, but it's, he's list, it says here, Rosen is an offensive weapon with explosion in his first steps and high competitiveness. Not afraid to get into the dirty areas despite his smaller frame. And I can vouch for that from videos I've watched online. He'll need to work on his decision-making and build some strength. Hmm, 156 pounds, build some strength. Nah. What are the chances of that? Uh, From what I watched, he has really good hands. He's strong on the puck for somebody, you know, obviously of his size. I mean, he's not fast, but he has quick first step and a burst. So as much as they talk about what he can do – He's not fast, but he gets ahead of a defender with that quick first step. And then once he's ahead of you, he's got you. So I like this kid from all of these standpoints. 
but and he's not afraid of being physical as I said watch some video Absolutely. It could be it could be interesting. I'm not saying that he's the right guy, but it, it could be interesting. You pick him up and let him put on some weight and see if he's still got that burst. I completely dropped the ball on this one. There was one other thing I wanted to read up from uh, Robertson. Go ahead. It's no exaggeration to state that the Patia product is the best shooter in the draft. Most NHL wingers wish they had the ability to catapult a puck off their stick like Robertson does. Except maybe Cole Caulfield. Like, legit. <laughs> if you're set, if you're the best shooter in a draft and you're six feet tall and 190 pounds at 18 and a half years old. Mm-hmm. Dude, get the guy into your development camp. Yes. Like, I mean, his his if you look at the rankings on him, they're pretty wide. So I, I consider him a little bit of a wild card, but not as much as Corson Kuhlman's, um, a defenseman uh, whose hot top rank is from FC Hockey, where he's number 12. And his lowest rank is from Elite Prospects, uh, where he's 55. Wow. Um Six foot two, two hundred pound, right shot offensive defenseman. Um, and I think this is probably the money quote. Uh, this is from SI Sports Illustrated. Corson in juniors looks nothing like he does uh, at the Worlds, uh, as said another scout. In junior, he has no conscience. Uh, this tournament will benefit him because he's been more involved defensively, and I think that will show that he can take coaching. Um, Justin Schultz was SI's NHL comparison. And I think that's pretty interesting. Schultz career, uh, throughout his career so far has been probably a point four or five points per game, uh, player. Justin Schultz, formerly of Pittsburgh now with Washington. Yeah. I that's, have my ups and downs with him. I mean, yes, I, I like yes. watching him, but it, there are times where he frustrates the heck out of me. Yeah, you do sometimes want to cover your eyes. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think, it, I think makes, it's when he's expected to play defense. And I think uh, that's make. I think that makes Corson uh, pretty fascinating. And I, just based on this this scouting report, I think uh, FC Hockey might be seeing something that a lot of the other scouts didn't. But so I will I will take the under on him being drafted 13th or lower. Um, or 13th or a greater number um, and assume that he will be. But if he's still there at the end of the third round, there's a couple of GMs who uh, are going to have me scratching their heads or scratching my head about them. Okay. Who was next for you? I actually have a defenseman as well, and he's slightly down on the list. Uh with a rank of 44, and this was the one I was talking to you at the beginning of the show about. I was watching video of this kid, and there actually is video of him as a 14, 15-year-old on on the internet as well. But and they're saying the same things about him as they had as they are saying about him as an 18-year-old. His name is Evan Noss. Evan Noss, rank 44. Uh, it says Nas is an intelligent, mature, puck-moving defenseman. He has strong mobility and is quality at leading the breakout. His shot accuracy and puck handling abilities need improvement. What I've watched uh, in the videos that I saw and listening to the 14-year-old, he's a two-way defenseman. I don't think he's necessarily an offensive defenseman, although he describes himself that way. He's definitely yeah. best as a puck mover. He's got good hockey IQ recognizing certain situations when to pinch when to stay back his head is always up that's one thing i've noticed in all his videos he's always his head is always up he's never looking down at that puck uh he's got he's got good corner work my issue with him was a the puck handling ability i saw him turn it over a couple of times in the videos in 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 less than dire situations, but still turnovers are turnovers. And he seems to pass up opportunities to shoot. 
Now, I don't know if that's something that can be trained into him. But the IQ, the ability, the the hockey sense that he has is something that can't necessarily be taught. No. So Uh, do you take that shot? And that's why I was saying to you at the beginning of the show, at 44, the Bruins don't have a second-round pick. Do they take a shot and take him at the bottom of the first? Because he's not going to be around in the third, I don't believe. I can't answer that question. And predicting Don Sweeney's drafting. Uh, <laughs> Mason Lowry. <laughs> uh, no idea. Um, I think if we look back in three or five years mm-hmm. at this draft, there's a guy who we could refer to as the sleeper. Okay. And I think that guy is Oscar Olusen. Um, he is He's ranked 38. Yeah. Um, he's play. He played in the Super Elite, six one, uh, one eighty Swede, um, and he plays both left and right wing, which might, without playing center, which is somewhat unusual. He's also a late birth uh, in 2020 in in 2002, which makes him one of the older kids in the draft. Um. So he's going to be more physically mature. Some players, this gets held against them that they're nearly a holdover from the previous draft. He's not. This is his first year of draft eligibility. Um, but uh, Smart uh, Hockey's uh, or Smart Scouting's uh, money quote on him, his zone entry skill, ability on the cycle, and solid passing mean he can create space for others. He also has the scorer's knack of getting free in dangerous positions and does it with regularity. This is hard to this is hard to do that without uh, thinking the game well. Um, as I said, pl- plays both left and right wings. Played against uh, men last year. Uh, I looked around at some of the at some of the scouting reports on him. I I think that anyone who has a second or third round pick really, really has to strongly consider taking this guy if he's available at their spot. We do think scarily alike sometimes. Because Oscar my, on your list. No, actually it's the one right ranked right after him. Also listed as a right wing left shot. Similar in size, six feet, 184. However, he just turned 18 years old, literally a week ago. Yep. Sasha, Sasha Pastajal. I makes did look game, at him, yeah. Makes the game look so simple as he edge works through traffic and makes plays. Effortless looking game. The one thing that I noticed about this kid is he has really good hands and his maneuverability is ridiculous. However... He's intelligent, patient forward, and it says here he can slow the game down to his pace, which is very good because that means he'll be able to see the ice at his level, his speed. He'll be able to pick up on what's going on. Has excellent puck control and positioning, which I've seen in videos, but his skating is a concern because he lacks speed and power. Again, is speed something you can work on? But I really think that this kid, who has the ability to put the puck in the net, and has the ability to bring the game to his level. But he does seem to have heavy feet based on what I was able to watch and what it says here. You can improve your skating. I mean, you usually have to improve your strength to do it. Uh, I mean, look at Patrice Bergeron. That was the knock on him when he was drafted. And he skates better now at 30 and, and a bit than he probably did at 24. But you look at the improvement year over year on the U-17 team, 49 games, 50 points, 14 goals, 36 assists, 85 penalty minutes. He steps up to a new team in 2021 with the U-18s, 41 games, suddenly he has 30 goals, so he's doubled his goal output, 65 points, and only 18 penalty minutes. Yeah, that's playing smarter. Um, I suspect that some of that penalty difference um, is 
or is that he probably did improve his speed a little bit, or at least got better at hooking and interfering without getting caught. <laughs> which, okay, there is, which a, is a valuable skill. I mean, let's what, face being it. being able to commit a crime without getting caught for it? <laughs> let's face it. Montreal's clutch and grab game, it's superb. <laughs> Winnipeg's clutch and grab game, it looks like it looks like 1999 out there. Um, and my last, the last guy I'm going to talk about, um, because I found, uh, I found his profile really fascinating and again, all over the board for, uh, for where, uh, the, the various scouting sources say he's going to go. FC hockey has him at 212. He's 146th for North American skaters from Central Scouting, and McKean's has him at 134. Smart Hockey has him at 56. Wow. Six foot five, 220 pound defensive defenseman who blocks shots, skates well, good cruising speed, keeps players to the outside. Smart comparison is Brandon Carlo. Ladies and gentlemen, that late round pick your team should be making is Bryce Montgomery. Bryce, I'm right. I'm writing it down. Bryce Montgomery, defenseman. Defensive defenseman. Ooh, don't have many of those. Tell me about Bryce real quick. Again, he's. They're comparing him to Brandon Carlo. Even if he's seventy percent of Brandon Carlo, you still have a second pairing defenseman or an elite third pairing defenseman. Um, who can keep the puck out of the net, um, good speed, block shots, appears to do all of the appears to do all of the things that defensemen are supposed to be best at before the offense. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I I like what I see from him. Definitely not offensively gifted, and before I got to before I got to Smart's description of him, uh, just going through uh, FCs, uh, he he I was thinking a comparison to Brandon Carlo, um, which uh, let's see, uh, he's uh, FC describes him as having good edges. Uh, uh, one of the one of the knocks on him there is he has uh, his stamina could use some work, but quite frankly at 64 220 and just having um and i think he's just turned 18 um his his cardio has to catch up with that growth spurt and the weight gain it, it's there's there's no way to do that except reps and i can we can pretty much guarantee that no one who doesn't own their own skating rink uh was getting as much uh, skating in as they should have last year. Uh, I looked at a bunch of guys down in the 150 area uh, from the FC, from the, the future considerations guide here. And one of the ones that stood out and good, bad, or indifferent and, what I'm seeing is is a clearly, in my opinion, a defensive defenseman. Um, young man, 6'3", 220, left shot defenseman from the Calgary Hitmen, Tyson Galloway. And right off the bat, it says, what stands out right away with Galloway is his combination of size and athleticism. Very crisp in his movement, long, explosive stride, closes gaps quickly. He is a plus defender, difficult to enter cleanly against. I'm liking what I see, and then you get to the bottom, and it says if he can gain the ability to consistently make the first pass, then his mobility and size fit the mold of a bottom pair NHL defender. Considering that he's ranked in the 150s, that's what I would expect of a guy, of of, of, of a, a, a comment from from the scouts. Uh, when forced into quick decisions, he often either bobbles away possession or launches ill-advised and panic pass attempts. 
hopefully that's something that he could get better at. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are going to be things when you're looking at players down in this ranking that they're going to have issues, whether it's decision-making, whether it's uh, physical prowess or, or whatever. But the size and the fact that he has the quickness and the ability and the closing of the gaps, there is foundation to work with there. Cool. Um, I think I think there's some interesting talent in this draft. I think it could end up being deeper than we expect, but it's very defense heavy, and we obviously have said that. And you, and I still don't see a generational talent in this draft. No, I don't. I don't think there is either. But I think that you might end up seeing a higher a higher average games played seven years out after this draft than some of the drafts uh, in the recent, in the last 10 years. Um, It seems like there's a lot of very, very solid C plus and B minus players. Um, I'm sure there are some, there's a decent number of players who are going to flame out. uh, But it seems like this is a, this is a draft that you can, fill your middle pairing for defense and your middle six uh, with and not have to think about them for several years. I think it's uh, I think it's very telling that we both picked a goaltender, two defensemen and pretty much two wingers. I mean, yeah, you had one who was multiple uh, had multiple, you know, played left and right wing, but basically two right wings, two defensemen and a goaltender. And we weren't trying to do that in any kind of symmetry. We picked our picks separately. And we're nowhere near Didn't each even other. Talk about them. And, and it just worked out that way. That that's what we grabbed. And, and I don't think that. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a, a draft with value in it. With um, you're going to be able to build hopefully that that nucleus that the, the or at least get some sort of, of, of low end support that you can call up and, and, and train. And, and I just don't, I, I don't see a generational player. Like you say, I don't, there's, there's certainly not a Connor McDavid in this draft, but I don't even see a David Krejci in this draft unless, um, unless it's uh, Oh God, Perlini. Is that the kid I was talking about? I was looking at earlier. I think it was uh, Perlini, something Perlini. Um, but I'll be tweeting from probably five or six o'clock on, uh, right through the draft tomorrow night, um, and then uh, we'll have something to say uh, early Sunday morning as well. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, undeclareds and undecideds, have a wonderful day. Uh, we'll be back bright and early Sunday. Let us know what you think. Um, pass on any questions, whether it's Twitter, uh, emailing us at those two at twomanforcheck.com, uh, commenting on one of our on the Facebook page, or um, commenting on Podbean's uh, feed for us. Have a great weekend, and we will uh, we'll be back live real, real soon.